0: Hey guys, welcome back to Cheaper Than Therapy. So, this was a really powerful coaching session Mm -hmm. for us. Yavi? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was pretty intense. I mean, I don't think either one of us realized how um, emotional this one was going to get, or honestly, how much it was going to kind of stay with us.
0: Mm, Yeah, I feel like we both felt really impacted by what we heard her going through and just how sort of raw and Oh God, fresh, the amount of pain that Artie was in.
1: Just went through some grief. With her. And, um, you know, she recently lost her fiance, which she'll speak more to. But I think the thing for me after listening to it uh, and going back that I wanted to touch upon for listeners, for those people who, you know, either are therapists or coaches or people who are listening who aren't themselves, obviously, doing what we're doing, you know, I thought this was actually a good episode to let people in on why we as therapists or coaches choose to pick out certain things that people say and choose to not touch on certain things people say, Mm. right? Um, I think it's important to understand that therapy is kind of an art form. There's not an exact science to it, right? And first off, it's always a fluid conversation um, and there's always a million different ways that it could go, right? But I think in this one in particular, there were some, I don't want to say red flags, but let's put it this way. If RD was my long-term client, there would be a lot of different avenues that we would eventually go down, but we chose to keep it, on the grief right we chose to not grab onto some of the other things that she talked about and and take take those avenues instead
0: you actually spoke to that in a way in the episode in mm-hmm. that you know this process of healing is a process mm-hmm. and that you know i think you so beautifully said that like we don't unpack it all at once mm-hmm. and i think in the back of our minds sometimes as therapists there's a lot of things we're thinking about like in terms of the context of time where this person is in their grief and, you know, what they might be ready to sort of look at at this moment. You know, I think her pain was just so raw. I think we really felt it viscerally Mm -hmm. as the three of us were talking, you know, to your point, I think we're, we were aware that at this stage, it's literally, how do I get through the day? How do I keep breathing when the pain is in front of the other? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think it's important, you know, for people who maybe aren't familiar with therapy or having themselves done their own work yet um, to know that we are always managing and kind of juggling those balls behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times your therapist or your coach might hear something and kind of store it away for later, but yes. there's a reason in their gut that they choose not to maybe bring something up in that moment. And I think you're right. I think I actually did say to her, you know, I don't think you're ready to go there yet. And I actually mm-hmm. use something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of the listening, you, you'll probably be able to pick up on exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there were some big codependency flags. There were some things that I know in her own work in the future down, you know, down the path that she will have a real opportunity to work on um, should she choose, you know, in, in moving forward in new relationships, but she wasn't there and she wasn't ready. And so I think there was actually a conscious decision that both of us made to keep it really present and Mm -hmm. keep it really focused on just her every moment of the day like like we said one foot from the other
0: yeah one breath at a time Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so we hope you guys enjoy this episode it's a bit heavy but I do think it's uh, a good one and I think hopefully you guys will take away some awesome stuff just like we did we always do Today we are talking to RD. RD wrote in saying that she'd love to do one of these zoom sessions, laser sessions, whatever they're called. Um, And you know, the hope for these is obviously for you to gain insight, hopefully, but also, you know, somebody out there might resonate and it might also affect them and help them as well so rd your your story is really powerful you lost your fiance to suicide at the beginning of the year and in general i would say really what came through for me with your writing was just obviously the grief around that and the struggle um so why don't you just give us a snippet so like yeah like you said um
2: my fiance um killed himself a couple days before christmas Mm. um which was the worst Christmas gift ever, <laughs> and um life has just been kind of a mess since then, and now we have a pandemic which makes everything a mess, <laughs> um, which has had both negative and i don't want to say positive, but like it's it's been interesting now that the whole world is grieving how it's mm-hmm. affected like the way that i've been feeling, but this was like a little background on on him. this was not a I don't wanna say unexpected, but he had a lot of ideation. Ever since we met, we, we were together for almost five years, um, trying to find solutions, um, you know, a way for him to get better, feel better. Um, he was actually a therapist himself. Uh, he taught meditation. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, this person does everything right with their life, and yet mm-hmm. they are completely miserable and take their own life because they cannot get away from the pain Mm -hmm. so you know a lot of our relationship was dealing with that dealing with the depression with the anxiety and I know that I have codependent tendencies which kind of really just like fit into that slot Mm -hmm. really well I was talking to a friend the other night and I, I said something that I had noticed recently that you know, when he was alive, if I'd come home from work and I was kind of tired or whatever, you know, he'd be like, "Oh, but you know we need to eat and I'm hungry, and you know we need to eat help." Like he was a huge health buff. He went to the gym every day at five am, like amazing physical shape, very handsome. <laughs> but just, as you would say, his brain was on fire mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and there was no like respite from it. He tried over like 12 different kinds of medications he w- did multiple kinds of therapy he tried a five day a week intensive therapy for personality people with personality disorders which i hate that term anyway but um and as a therapist himself that was both good and bad because um, i mean we all know the physician heal thyself like often right. doctors make the worst patients <laughs> right um, but you know we tried so many things he tried some um, microdosing of psychedelics we tried ect like literally everything everything um and so now that he's gone you know i come home well <laughs> i am home now because there is no coming home <laughs> mm-hmm. um i am working uh, virtually from home but it's like if i'm tired i just don't eat like all of the things that would be considered like self-care that you know i did for us now that he's gone i can't i don't I just don't care. I just can't um, get the motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just am trying to figure out like how to come out of that. I have a friend who's a life coach and we have been talking, but very recently even he was like, he's like, this is big D depression. This is beyond my scope. I am just a life coach you cannot like this I can't help you with this Mm -hmm. um so now I'm just trying to figure out what what I need to do obviously probably actually find a therapist even though it is expensive um but just even to start out while I'm looking for a therapist in this crazy time that we're having like dealing with the fact that everyone is kind of grieving at the same time but like I'm like extra grieving. Mm-hmm. So these conversations now are weird where people are like, oh man, I know I feel so terrible all the time. And I'm like, you don't feel the kind of terrible that I feel. Right. <laughs> not, that you're ki- not that you're feeling of terrible is any less than, you know, it's not that it isn't valid. It's still very valid. Like people are losing their loved ones every day, but it's just a little different. And it's right. weird and desensitizing and triggering all at the same time.
0: Mm. And so
2: I just like, I wake up and, Don't know what to do with my life.
1: (laughs) I wanna acknowledge, too, you know, I mean, look, as we're recording this, it's what it's been not even four months. Yes. And so I heard you say, you know, I wanna get through this, or how do I get through this? And I know that I'm not gonna say something that you've probably not thought about or heard before. Part of it is time, which none of us wanna hear because you would so much rather be over it and done with it now because there is no pain greater than grief, especially grieving a loved one. There's no pain greater than that, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I'm not saying that to shut it down. I just, I'm saying that to kind of remind us, right? Bring us back to the present and say, wow, I'm still standing.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Most days. <laughs> right. I mean, even if standing means laying on the couch all day, you're here. And yeah. I actually think that that, when you say, I, I want to get through it, I want to get over it. I mean, that, that in itself is, in my opinion, a huge accomplishment. You're, and you're here, here meaning like with us here talking about it here, talking with your friend as a life coach, right? Like you're in it. Yeah. And that's huge.
2: Yeah. But intellectually, I know that like, it's not something you get over. It's not mm-hmm. like a breakup right. where you're just like, oh yeah, we went our separate ways. Like, right. this was my soulmate, mm-hmm. um, And (laughs) there are all these weird added things of like, you know, when he would tell me that I was the only reason he was still alive, but now he's dead. So that adds a lot of like (sighs) heavy feelings. Like, I don't want to say blame, but at the same time, it's like, well, what didn't I do enough of?
1: Mm Mm, Artie, and, and you said it yourself, right? That coupled with knowing that you have codependent tendencies. I mean, it's, it's a double whammy for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm just so struck, Artie, by the way that you are able to, to your point, intellectualize mm-hmm. and understand so much of this. And yet this is so tender. This is so fresh. And I think the way that you spoke to being in this time where collectively we are experiencing grief. I feel like what I have been thinking for all of us, but for you especially is that there's got to be some lowering of expectations to Vanessa's point, a little bit of grace that I think you really have to give yourself right now. This is so, this just happened. The days that I feel like I get up and I connect with one person. You reached out to Vanessa, which to me is like, oh my God,
1: the Mm -hmm. strength
0: um, to say, I want to have a conversation about this Mm -hmm. at this point to me is miraculous. You know, Mm -hmm. it is, there just aren't the words to Mm -hmm. put to the amount of pain I know you're experiencing right now. Yeah, thank you.
2: It's just, yeah, like it's hard to... (laughs) Because I also, it's one of those things, like, I intellectually know that no one can actually, like, it's not like someone can do this for you. No one can Mm. grieve for you. No one can get acclimated. Like, you can't, no one can actually help. And that's the other part that's so
1: horrible. Because, like, the only thing that would help would be him. And Mm. he's never coming back. Mm. I mean, obviously I think we all are on the same page when I say this out loud, that this is something, and I think your friend who's a coach is right. I mean, grief is, you have to go through your own process of grief, right? It looks different for all of us, but I do think, and I think you're on this path, finding somebody that you can actually sort through this with is going to be really helpful for you because even in just the short top line that you gave us, I think there's so many layers to this. And here's the thing, the intellect wants to sift through the layers as quickly as possible, Put them into little boxes, right? Check them off, make sense of them, understand them, categorize them. And that's not how it works, right? And you know, when I'm when I'm first starting to work with a new client, the image I always give them is I always say, you know, it's like unpacking a really overstuffed suitcase. And what I say to them is when we start our work together my job as a therapist is not to go to the bottom of the suitcase and pull out the thing on the very bottom. Because when you think about pulling out the thing on the very bottom, what do you think about? The whole thing explodes, right? And the clothes go everywhere. And I think for you, the grace that Danae was talking about partly has to pertain to, you have a very overstuffed suitcase right now. And the process is going to be taking things off the top, folding them gently. And when you're ready, putting them away and then taking the next piece and folding it gently and putting them away. And if we rush too quickly to pull the thing from the bottom, it's, it's destabilizing. Right. And there's so many layers to this. Right. And I think to your point, the codependency, the feeling that, you know, and he specifically verbalized it, that you were the only reason he was still here, um, which, you know, you said, it's not like I feel guilt or blame. Well, sure. You can feel guilt and blame. Like, of course you feel that. I would feel that. Intellect says I shouldn't feel that way, but the emotion is real. And it makes sense that that would be the emotion, right? He had, you know, all of these struggles for years. You were there for him through all of it. The self-care was both of your self-care and now you're struggling. I mean, there's so many, like, it's so complex. And I just want to, I want to put that out there, right? I want to name that for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just want to echo that, that I really feel at this point, there is no feeling that you feel that is not justified everything you feel. And I think that a little bit becomes your work. I get to feel whatever I feel. It is all understandable, welcome, accepted. Yes. All of it. You know, there's no shouldn't here. Like, yep. No such thing as shouldn't for you. Yeah. All of it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think to today's point, that's, that's going to be a part of this early work for you. Like, dipping, yeah. and I say early, cause like we said, it's only been three months. Right dipping your toe in the water of grief is going to be holy shit pandora's box all of these emotions are here period yeah is there i mean
2: like <laughs> it's true like i i definitely recognize that there is like so much work to do cuz <laughs> in a way like you know we're all little messes <laughs> in our yes.
0: in our own in our own mm-hmm. way yes
2: and a lot of my life before was like being like, oh, I'm a little bit of a mess, but you know, I'm trying to save someone's life so I can kind of let that go, which sometimes became a point of contention as well. You know, like if you like, well, you're not taking care of yourself. Like, how am I going to take care of myself? And, And things like that, but just trying to like, you know, of course, everyone who sees this or hears about it is like, you know, of course you take your time and be gentle with yourself and this and like, these are all the things that we should do. And of course that we should say, but then like, there's the world and Mm -hmm. reality and Mm -hmm. jobs and careers that Mm -hmm. aren't going to wait. Don't if someone died, like Mm -hmm. we'll leave you behind in the dust. And how do you like navigate that? Like I'm in an industry that you have to stay on top of, and if you don't, it will leave you behind, Mm -hmm. but I just, like, barely care, except for the fact that I'm, like, well, if I can get through this, and if I'm, you know, if I'm here in five years, I don't want to be starting at ground zero
1: again. Right. Do you feel like it's, um, do you feel like, I mean, right now, it's hard to say, because, again, it's so fresh, but when you're in the work, um, your actual work, I know you say it's hard to care. Is there ever a time where it feels like it's a kind of a way to compartmentalize? And I don't want to say escape, but is there is there ever a time when you're in it and you're able to forget? Um, I don't even like the word forget. I don't know. Even
0: channel. Like, I, I feel like yeah. I hear what you're saying. Like, channel the energy towards, like, this is what I'm focused on so that I can sort of... Um, have something to do other than be in this pain in the grief. yeah right yeah
2: i would say yes and no Mm because there is that weird like this is all stupid and and you know this is all pointless right none of it's why didn't we just Mm -hmm. move away to a foreign country together but i wanted to stay where we were because i was i had to stay because of my career which now seems so stupid like yes we should have moved away and i'm gonna stop you
1: right there it wouldn't have (laughs) mattered. Right. It wouldn't have mattered, right? Again, th- it would have followed him. It sounds like this has been his that was his struggle, that was his life for a very long time and probably long before you met him.
2: Yeah, he told me some about, you know, before before we met. Um, but- you know, it-
0: It's so hard because we were talking to someone who was talking about um, mental health the other day and she explained it in a way that I hadn't heard someone talk about it, but just the brain being sick. It was Mm. a sick brain. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you sort of said something like that in regard to your fiance, that that he said his brain was on fire, you know? And I think that is the thing that is so hard to reconcile that we want to feel like, Oh, how could I have saved him? How could I have done something? and wherever he went, you know, I hear vanessa saying and and I think she's right that his brain would have been sick there too yeah
2: yeah that's that's definitely true and he and I had a lot of conversations like that going back and forth between you know, like well, maybe moving would help, but at the same time, you know wherever you go, there you are, so. <sighs> And just the amount of work that he tried to do and yet people still were like, Well, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the idea of like like the same coach friend who, you know, they're a life coach, so they approach things differently sometimes when I'm like, I'm just so sad, I'm miserable. And he's like, Well, that's a choice you're making. And I'm like, Ugh. Is it though?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get you know, Danae no and I started. <laughs> <for that. laughs> we're
2: like, <laughs> Oh my God. No. Like At what point are we choosing, you know, it's like, we can't choose our feelings, we can quote unquote, choose how we deal with them. But at what point is that no longer true? But you know what, mental
1: illness is real. Mental illness is real. Yeah. Right? This is not somebody, we're not talking about somebody who was in a slump and who was feeling sorry for themselves and couldn't, right? You know this, you know this better than anybody. This is mental illness we're talking about with a capital M and a capital I. Yeah. You cannot positive psychology your way out of mental <laughs> illness. And I don't care who hears this that gets pissed off or ruffled by that, especially coaches out there. It doesn't work.
0: No, and it it's, needs to be said because it does yes. such a disservice to people that it's are damaging. suffering. You know, it feels like we can't Ooh, be I'm honest. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm literally sweating right now. That's actually <laughs> infuriating. It really is. Yeah. Um, because it's shaming, you know. Mm-hmm. It really is. And um, when people are suffering, they are doing the best they can to keep their head above water every single day that they wake up. And you know that better than anyone.
1: And I would put you in that category too, not just him.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think that that's something, you know, maybe, and this might be something that you reflect on months down the road, right? Because while Danae and I can talk to you about all of these different things and you're, you are where you are. And it's so fresh that sometimes it's hard for us to hear different layers. Right. This is what I was saying about that suitcase, but you are also a person in this relationship that was mm-hmm. suffering with her own struggles, right. Yeah. In relation to him, who was also struggling. Yeah. And what I think is happening right now. And again, this is, I, I do believe this might be too early for you to not only hear, but really take in and process, what's happening right now is now you have been left to tend to no one else but yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is probably almost more destabilizing than the loss of him as, as your soulmate, because yeah. you can't channel that energy into taking care of somebody else anymore. The mirror is totally and a hundred percent focused on you. And holy shit is that scary and hard. <laughs> yeah, it definitely
2: yeah. is. And I know that I'm, Tra- like transferring transference mm-hmm. a lot of stuff just because he's not here. So I'm like, oh man, like just the tiniest things just like put me on edge. The tiniest like hiccup in my day, mm-hmm. and I'm destroyed. And I'm like, that's exactly how he was. And I never understood. It's like, oh, this person you know made you wait on the phone, and you're like about to jump off a building. And I'm, before now. And I feel like a lot of people and anyone neurotypical or who isn't dealing with like a mental illness struggle, we look at these things and we see a lazy person or we Mm. see a person who wants to be taken care of because they just don't want to do it. And it's like, Mm. but that's not like, sure, there are people like that, but sometimes it just literally is that everything it's like your, your body and your brain and your existence is like made of needles. So when anything mm. touches you, it just is like it lights everything on fire.
1: That's yes. such a good yes. visual. I was, th- you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking almost like, I was thinking of like your nerve endings being on fire. They're right? like
0: exposed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, when you have the flu and like you touch your you touch your arm and you're like, oh God, it hurts, right? It's like that every little fiber of your being is on fire. And that's such a good visual. It's like needles yeah yes
2: but it's like i don't have the same mental health issue as he did i have my own mental health issues but they're not the same
1: but those needles right now are real for you because girl you are raw with a capital r
2: yeah
1: right again this is the grace that danae was talking about you are raw yeah
0: And so I think, you know, what are your baby steps look like right now? You know, like what are little things that I can start to do to nurture myself? Mm -hmm. Little baby steps of things I can do because, you know, you have this awareness already that what my tendency is, is to outward focus. Mm -hmm. How's everybody else? How's, you know, my loved one doing? Um, yeah. And where am I in that? And now I am left in a place where I have no choice, but to be with me. How can I start to little baby steps every day of just like one thing that might feel good? Maybe that's like a little longer of a hot shower, you know? Might be getting dressed. Yeah. Honestly, that is a baby <laughs> step.
1: And that doesn't yeah. feel like a baby step. Sometimes that feels like a real big step.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just feel like there's just no such thing as a should for you right now.
2: Even that is like a struggle. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I should be doing it. And it's like, no, you shouldn't. But then my brain's like, well, but.
1: Right, and that's what we were saying earlier. It, you should do it. We want to compartmentalize. We want to make sense of. We want to, you know, that it. That's totally fair that that's happening. And here's the thing that that's also a feeling. And so there's also room for that too. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a total normal coping strategy. I would be doing the same things and I would be doing the same thing. Right. I mean, we just lost somebody very close to us not that long ago. And I'm sure Danae and I were all left brand trying to make sense of things. Right. It's, it's what we do as humans. We want things to make
0: sense. And it's also what we do to defend against dropping into how painful these feelings are. Right. Like I, I intellectualize what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be feeling because as I'm in my head a little bit more, I don't have to stay in my body. I'm not in my body. All of this.
1: (laughs) (sighs) yeah and as scary as that feels and sounds you know that that might be another little baby step to try is that i would say especially right now when you're pretty much you know the four corners of your house are the only place that you're roaming right maybe mm. taking a walk is i would keep my journal by me at all times honestly and I'm sure, you know, you could do an actual journaling exercise, but for me right now, if I were you, I think the baby step would be any time a feeling comes up, I would write it down. Yeah. And I mean, any time any feeling comes up, annoyance, rage, sadness, I mean, literally all of the above. Disappointment in myself, Um, judgment, right? I mean, we could go on and on. Because I think to Danae's point, this is the over-intellectualizing and if we can drop back into right now I'm in a place of judgment, mm-hmm. even if we drop in quickly and then pull back out, at least we've dipped our toe in there. Yeah,
2: that makes a lot of sense. About two months ago I was journaling, I was trying to journal every day and it's since dropped off. Don't make uh-huh. it a terrible discipline. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, here's the thing. That's just one more thing that we can beat ourselves up for. I'm a shitty, I can't do journaling because I'm, you know, I I should should
0: be journaling. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Exactly. So don't turn it into a homework assignment. Even if it's your phone and whenever something comes up, you just jot it down in a note on your phone and keep a running list. Yeah. That's what I would do. This is more about just going naming, 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 naming. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The the other thing I just wanted to say is that I feel like so much of your journey at this point and the work moving forward is about how do I learn to hold myself and take care of myself and just feel the awareness of my resilience. Oh my God, your resilience. and for me, you reaching out and saying like, I wanna connect and have a conversation about where I'm at with this, that feels not at all like a baby step. That feels mm-hmm. like such a big step to me at this point. I'm, I'm in awe and um, yeah, I think um, your resilience is potent and um, you know, just as much grace as you can possibly give yourself right now, I think is the work.
2: Thank you, yeah it's so hard not to want to just fix yourself Mm. (laughs) it's like just fix it (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. right and that to today's point that's part of the work yeah and if you could turn that feeling like if you could turn wanting to fix it into an emotion into a feeling you know what would that what would that be do you think i think it would be disappointment and frustration (laughs) yes -hmm. oh god yeah Mm Yeah, and like I a feel- lot of anger mm-hmm. at the world
2: more than anything else, like at the system, mm-hmm. which I feel like failed him
0: mm-hmm.
2: when he was someone who literally changed lives around the world. Um, what he did uh, literally like around the world, I, I've been getting messages from people all across in all different countries talking about, you know, what he did for them mm. when they were young. Mm. And it's like, well, no one helped him though. No one could help. So there's a lot of anger there that I don't know how to let go of yet.
1: Because mm-hmm. okay. it's really broken. And yet nothing can take away all the amazing things he did for those people. Yeah. Thank God, thank God he was
0: here. Right? And I'm sure they would say the same. I'm sure they have. They have, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that you will continue to have, um, you know, greater moments of making meaning and, and clarity about how you're holding this and understanding this. But I think for right now, exactly where you are is where you need to be. To Vanessa's point, you know, it's one thing at a time. I don't need to clear all the this suitcase out. That's, that's actually not going to serve me
1: at this point. <laughs> All it's going to do is make the room a mess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because <laughs> you're, not, you're sure. not putting away, slowly. you're like ripping it out and then it goes everywhere, like I said, and that, you know, that doesn't help. We yeah. want to, but that's not helpful.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: And, you know, I'll, I'll say this <sighs> again, I'm probably not saying anything you haven't heard, but you know, this is not a linear process, you yeah. know? A month from now you might be like, oh shit, I'm feeling really good. And then the next day you're not gonna get out of bed. Yeah. You know? And then the next day you're gonna be a raging, like who knows why, right? Exactly. (laughs) Like ripping everyone's head off, you know? And that's okay, because that's what this looks like. It doesn't mean you've taken steps backward. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean you're not working through it. It means that's what grief looks like. And I want you to kind of remember that, tuck that away. So when you are having those bad days, because you will, even like oh, so many, now, right? Let's <laughs> like blink our eyes. Even a year from now, you will. Yeah. You can remember that. This is just a bad day. It's a and,
0: one. <laughs> Yeah, and six months from now, a year from now, you will feel different than you do totally. right now. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> you will. you will. We know so. Oh, Artie, I know that Vanessa and I both are going to be thinking about you. Um, So if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and just sending us a note, um, let us know how you're doing. Please keep in touch with us. Keep us updated. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah thank and, you And let me know too you know i know i don't know what the situation is with work and insurance as far as you know seeing finding a therapist i mean the beauty right now of all this is that all therapists are doing telehealth which is kind of great but also you know if you are struggling to find somebody reach out to danae and i because we do have some referrals i'm sure we could send your way and
0: kind oh, of that get,
2: would be great yeah touch with somebody okay
0: yeah let's yeah. stay in touch
2: yeah definitely thank you both so much mm-hmm. my heart is with you just
0: yes. grace 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 okay. take care of you okay
2: thank you and you guys be safe too in this crazy yeah. new world we're living in we're all trying yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: be well we'll speak soon okay
0: okay thanks okay. Bye. Bye.
1: thanks for joining us for this episode of cheaper than therapy
0: if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts
1: And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett.
0: And at Danae Logan-Selkin.